everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 151, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and YouTube. Uh, joining, as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey, guys. What's going on? How are you, Richard? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brew and all-around content creator. Seth, how are you? Uh, doing well. How are you guys this week? Doing well, too. Um, Chaz is always covering the financial aspect of the game and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. All right. Uh, so, um, to business, uh, to the normal uh, day-to-day stuff, we are back to... Um, well, th- there was a really awesome announcement that... Uh, well, some some view it as awesome, some view it as uh, potentially <laughs> going crazy, but they are now... Trying out a trial period of silver border cards, now legal in Commander, and this is uh, until the next band list update, uh, and that is on January 15th. Um, So we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about a um, kind of a series, the Great Designer Search 3, uh, going on on Wizards of the Coast, so we're going to touch on that, and a lot of fish mail, Uh, so... (laughs) We always get a lot of fish mail, so this week is a great week. We can um, kind of devote a lot of time to answering everyone's questions. Uh, everything's going to start getting crazy due to the holidays, so um, we like to try and address that as much as possible. So, uh, Richard, uh, navigate us through this crazy uh, announcement in Commander. Okay, so the EDH Rules Committee, uh, an independent body, it's not actually Watsy. they control the Commander ban list, and they announced... All silver border cards will be legal in Commander until the next bandless update, which is January 15th. So this includes the brand new set Unstable, uh, the previous unsets Unhinged Unglued, and also the holiday cards that WotC puts out. Uh, I think those are all the silver border cards. So they released them all into EDH. Uh, there's a couple of cards banned right off the bat. They're cards that are weird, like Ashnaut's Coupon and stuff like that. But there's only a handful of them. And then they also revealed a list of cards to be careful of, uh, which is, you know, depending on your play group, you may or may not want to play them. Basically, until January 15th, all silver boarded cards legal in Commander. What do you guys think? <sighs> yeah, uh, really quickly, uh, the ban list are the cards that are not, you know, going to be partaking in this kind of craziness and unbanning. Ashnaut's Coupon, Double Cross, Double Deal, Double Dip, Double Play, Double Take. Enter the Dungeon... Magical Hacker, uh, Mox Lotus, Once More with Feeling, R&D's Secret Lair, Richard Garfield, Staying Power, Time Machine, and one was added a day later, Nerf War, for obvious reasons, because everyone seemed very concerned. Uh, that did they even were... add Nerf War? Like, yeah. is that officially on the list? They did, like, it yeah, sounded like they were like, oh, it's not really added, <laughs> no, but no, be no, nice they, with yeah, it. Yeah, they added it um, <laughs> post-mortem, yeah, like Richard said, like a day after. So SEG came out and said, hey, for our Commander events this weekend, we are not supporting unsets. This change was too soon. Plus, we don't want people's cards getting damaged by Nerf War. <laughs> That's what they basically said. So for the big tournaments this weekend, un- unsets were not legal. And then the rules committee added Nerf War to the list. I think this was a horrible decision. I do not understand what they are thinking. So I would have... I would have rather them approach it from the other direction and said, 
our playgroup wants to check out these silver-bordered cards. Here's some of the cards that we're going to be like playing with and testing. If your playgroup is interested in using silver board in uh, silver border cards in Commander, we say go for it. Here's what we're using. Here's the cards that we have banned. Check it out and see what you think of it. But I feel like making it, like codifying this as an actual rule is just a really, really bad decision. And it's even more insane that it's only to the next ban list, which means... It's only for six weeks? I don't understand why you would just, like, mess up the format for a six-week period, knowing that they're going to go back to being banned, so I don't know. I was thinking this was just, like, a stunt to try to sell more unstable cards, and it was it was a lot of Wizards' influence, but I don't know. They said that it wasn't Wizards who came to the decision, although... When they bounced it off Wizards, they were certainly stoked about the decision, and they liked the idea, <laughs> was how they of put course. it, so... I don't know what they're thinking with this. Yeah. I'm very. I think it was a horrible I, idea. I was a little se- uh, skeptic too, Seth. I mean, it, it just kind of co- like lined up a little too well. But um, I'm going to take them for at their word that they didn't kind of um, discuss this to do this just to sell unstable boxes. Um, I think Wizards knows very well, uh, even in the past, like th- this is what they get with these kind of silver bordered sets. It is what it is. But um, I-, I was in that line of thinking too, set that I don't know why that they would just go at it from this route rather than trying to specifically test cards that could actually be included um, at some point and that they're not really problematic. Uh, but maybe they just continue to do that on their own and this is just sort of a, hey, you know, for the next six weeks we're just going to try to get as much feedback, as much data as possible uh, from everyone and Maybe that ends up being really beneficial to them when everyone's saying, hey, listen, like, uh, Grusilda, or some of the cards that we discussed, like Stormcrow or Crowstorm, um, you know, these cards are fine. Like, they, we played with them, uh, everyone seemed to enjoy them, they, they don't really break the game too much, and I think they can actually be legal, you know, legal in the format, you know, going forward. Yeah, so I I get what they were trying to do, right? Like, there are a lot of cool cards. Here's a good chance to play silver border cards. But in practice, this just does not work because the whole point of the rules committee is to set some, you know, baseline for all players to follow. If you have your own playgroup, it doesn't matter what these guys say. If you know everyone, you can be like, hey, Seth, do you want to play with these cards? Okay, sure, right? The whole point is when you show up at a Grand Prix, you know what to expect. And by doing this, it forces all kinds of issues. One, not everyone wants to play with like cards like Nerf War. You know, I don't want to bring a, you know, a Nerf gun to a Grand Prix and try to shoot things, right? Like that's weird. But two, it makes me buy all these cards that I, I'm going to need to be competitive for six weeks and then throw them all away. Uh, so it's just all kinds of problems with forcing this weird baseline and there are cards that are just like super broken that everyone's going to jam into their decks and it's just going to cause like a weird environment so i i don't agree with just applying this to all players this should have been play group uh on a play group per play group basis like hey what do you guys want to play with do you think this is fine you know i know our group just plays janky cards i can play this or you know i know my group is all spiky so we'll play this it's fine but this is just, everyone has to play these cards now. And the general consensus from the community is a lot of people are just going to skip EDH for six weeks. Right? They'll only play with their friends. You know, what's the point of showing up 
at a Grand Prix and then getting smacked around by a bunch of silver-boarded cards or, you know, doing dumb stuff that you don't want to uh, when it's going to go away January 15th, right? So it's kind of like if they just made Black Lotus legal in Legacy for, like, six weeks. <laughs> like, well, I guess I go buy a Black Lotus now, right? <laughs> or I'm just not going to play Legacy for six weeks, right? Like, it's... It's just weird, and it really seems like some weird ploy to sell silverboarded cards, but <laughs> Wizards has no hand in this, right? Like, it's not them who decided this. And I believe them when they said they wouldn't jeopardize their position in the community to to pull such a stunt, the EDH Rules Committee. So this just seems like a, uh, I don't know, like, good intentions, but I didn't really think it through decision. And I mean, they obviously couldn't have tested these cards very much, because... They're not even in print yet, and we just got the whole spoiler like a week ago. So it's not like it's not there was some it, yeah. rigorous testing process where they were like, okay, we think this is going to work out. It sounds like they just were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? And they're like, yeah, sure, yeah, why not? That's exactly <laughs> what the announcement was. I mean, I think it was just trying to be a lighthearted, hey, you know, it's this time of year. Let's all try to just have fun and, you know, enjoy and your think, holidays uh, <laughs> and, and play yeah. these crazy cards. And that works on, like, a playgroup-by-playgroup basis. Like, I think it's a great thing to encourage playgroups to do that, but when you're looking at, like, F&Ms that are, like, not F&Ms, but tournaments at local game stores where they run commander events or GP events, that's when the situation gets a little sticky, because I I don't know. There was a lot in the second announcement especially that was kind of like, well, just, like, you know the intention of this, everyone be nice and be on your best behavior, and I don't know if I trust that if I go to <laughs> play with random people that everyone's going to treat it that way. Like, if it's my playgroup and it's who I play with on Commander Class, yeah, sure, we're all going to have fun with it, but with a bunch of random people at a local game store to GP, do I really trust that everyone's just going to, like, be on their best behavior with these silver border cards? I don't really know. So I wish yeah. they, I just wish they'd approach it from the other direction and encourage people to play silver bordered rather than making it a rule that you can play silver bordered. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can only talk from, like, experiences from where the, the and the stores I've played. I don't think you – know, I think everyone can can – you know, participate in this one out getting obnoxious, but because um, no one wants their cards damaged or anything like that or anything crazy like that. So um, I think overall people will, you know, and Magic players that will partake in this kind of event, um, at least for the few weeks that it's, you know, legal, uh, that will, they'll, they'll be fine with it. But I can, I can see that it can get kind of crazy when you're playing with, um, you know, players that you don't normally play with i I do get that aspect but i I think overall it's i mean it's fine i I think it can be really fun and and like you said um seth i mean yeah maybe they could have went to the play group by play group basis and i'm sure you guys will have fun with it but i think overall people can still play like at their fnm and and local gaming stores because mostly you know those folks anyway so so here's the best one It only yeah, takes one person to wreck it all. Right. <laughs> but here's the best strategy I've heard for dealing with this. You carry three decks with you, okay? <laughs> you carry a normal pre-silver-bordered spike deck. This is, you sit down at the cutthroat table and you all kill each other by turn two. You carry a non-silver-bordered janky deck. This is for low-powered, have fun, you're playing people with pre-cons and stuff. And then thirdly, you carry your silver border deck 
in case people actually play with silver bordered cards. And that way, no matter what's at your playgroup, you're ready to go and you have a deck at the appropriate level. Because a lot of people think that a lot of people will just say no silver bordered cards. So they're going to carry their normal decks with them anyway. So that way you have all your bases covered. Which I don't know about carrying 300 card double sleeve decks with me. <laughs> but yeah, that's what you got to do now until January 15th. Yeah. Oh, man. And I also feel bad for the people who are going to buy these cards. Knowing full well that... You can't play them after January 15th, so I don't know. I feel that part of it really bothers me. If you're a new-ish commander player, you should be buying Soul Rings and Solemn Simulacrums and those type of cards and not like, oh, Griselda, is, that's a really cool card. I'm going to spend my commander budget on that. And then, yeah, that's awesome for the next six weeks, so I don't know. There's a lot of things that just, it just doesn't sit right with me overall. And it also makes me a little sad because I feel like some of the cards, especially from Unstable would be good to be legal long-term in Commander, but this, the way they went about it, I feel like reduces the chances that people are going to be accepting of it over the long-term, some of the cards that would be sweet to have in Commander. I'll tell you what, I, I, I'll i buy Griselda. I'm holding out hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I waste my money, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, it, it's tough to say, but... From what I've seen, I mean, I'm trying to remain optimistic here, but from what I've seen, all I've hear, heard is kind of <laughs> groaning and like, oh, well, I guess I won't be playing Commander all too much, but hopefully, you know, folks can have fun with it. Yeah, surprisingly, very poor reaction to this announcement. Like, every thread I've seen is people <laughs> kind of poo-pooing on this and not really anyone standing up for this. And I'm not sure why, because on the surface, it's cool to play with silver border cards. I think on the surface, I think overall, like, without going into it negative, I think like, folks can have a good time overall. But I, I can understand the kind of apprehension there. So, so do you think this just totally undermines the EDH Rules Committee's authority? I know a lot of people after Sahili Rai and whatnot were like, yeah, Watsi shouldn't control any of this. We should give it to a third party. Look at EDH. They're fine. Does this make you question <laughs> putting the control of magic in the hands of non-wizards people? Well, no, because... I... Yeah, it's always like when something bad happens, we, we go to wizards, and I, I've been uh, guilty of that. But... You know, at the same time, an announcement like this would have never happened, especially at this point, because then the huge backlash is, oh, well, well, then Wizards just is doing this to sell packs. So then something like this probably would have never happened at all. I'm still not convinced that Wizards didn't play a big part in this, because we just had the huge thing with Moto not being... Uh, the Moto multiplayer commander not lining up with paper. And one of the big things from that was like, oh, we're going to work closer with the rules committee to make sure like Moto and paper are lining up. So that was just like six months ago. So I feel like there's a pretty strong relationship there. So I'm not trying to be all like tinfoil hat, but. <laughs> oh, I... we're going there now, Seth. So we just uh -huh. chased the Bitcoin transactions back to the rules committee. Right? <laughs> uh, I, I just feel like. I think the reason people are upset is they feel like Commander is supposed to be the place where you, kind of like the the, li the libertarian format of Magic. Like, you do whatever's good, everyone else does whatever's good with their playgroup, and they don't like people 
telling them how they're supposed to play their commander decks. Like, it's supposed to be about house rules and individual playgroups, so I think seeing such a big rules change, essentially, or card pool change, just rubs old, like, long-time commander players the wrong way, because I feel like this is our format, it's supposed to be, like, player-driven, player-run, and I don't want these commander rules committee overlords (laughs) telling me how to play my commander. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, even the existing ban list before Silver Border cards makes no sense whatsoever, right? Like, if you look at some of the cards that are on and are not on the ban list, you're just like, huh? And you can tell it's kind of tailored to their playgroup, that it's not universal. So even before this, the ban list was, you know, big asterisks take with a grain of salt. So it's it's not that surprising that... You know, something weird like this happens. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Soul Ring's not on there still. <coughs> <laughs> oh, man, you thought the comments to last week's podcast were rough. If you say Soul Ring should be bad, we're in for <laughs> we're in for some rough comments. That's one thing I've learned on Twitter. If you want to get people mad at you, just say they should ban Soul Ring. Really? Commander. It's that controversial? Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, man, people people get up yeah, in they, arms. They, they, yeah, it, it's like probably... <laughs> the hottest of hot topics ever imagined. <laughs> they, it they doesn't even soul ring. They need to print it in every commander product. <laughs> Watsy will not approve of this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it would. It, at this point, I mean, I don't, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think people can have fun with this. That's, that's my whole thing. Maybe, and maybe from this we can see some silver bordered cards uh become legal because i do think there there are a couple that can make it and they they aren't like completely crazy all right to wrap this up financially does this mean anything for unstable i mean we've already been seeing it did it you know should i be holding boxes of unstable for actual cards instead of lands now it's tough to say i i, I do think the boxes are they're cheap enough, like, they're at a normal price enough that it's fine, especially if you want to draft it and, like, um, play it amongst, you know, friends and, and whatever, but I, I think all of the unsets after time have increased, so I don't know what the supply is looking like. I, I, I can't, I couldn't really find a definitive answer on that. I, I think there was, like, a vague uh, a post on Tumblr from Marrow saying that this is just, like, a you know, it's not like going to be continuously printed. It, it'll just kind of just be like a normal release, and that's it. But you never know. I mean, once they say that, I mean, then you find out that there's like reorders upon reorders of everything. So I, I just don't know. Uh, this is certainly more supply than any of the other unsets in the past. So yeah, I think we gotta. I I don't imagine this having a few huge financial impact. I think if people are gonna play silver border cards, they were gonna do it anyway. And I can't imagine too many people are going to like buy a ton of silver border cards based on this announcement. And the supply thing, we just don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. I'll be curious to see if we have unstable packs at WalMarts and Targets and stuff. I think that'll be that'll be one of the big determining factors as far as how big the supply actually is. Okay, uh, moving on, it turns out that Wizards wants to uh, delve deep into the past and, and release something uh, closer to, uh, you know, the Magic 25th anniversary, and they are bringing back the great designer Search, so this is the third installment in this kind of reality 
<laughs> type show that is not really – it's not a show. It's just a bunch of articles. And the way they laid it out is that, um, you know, you could you could you know look at the article, but it's going to be um, design challenges one every other week, and at the end of each challenge, one contestant will be eliminated. At the end of five challenges, three contestants will remain. The final three contestants will be flown to Wizards of the Coast's office for a day-long event, including a final live challenge. Uh, the winner will be crowned and awarded a six-month internship position with Wizards. So, you know, crew, let's do it. <laughs> Three left, we get an internship. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, no. Uh, I don't, I'm so, not, so this is basically a reality TV re- show, but yeah. no episodes, just articles, One right? final episode. You get one episode at the end. Wait, th- there is no episode whatsoever, right? Yeah, it's a final live challenge. No, no, no. That yeah, just but, means they oh, do the challenge live wow, with Watson. Oh, no. I think it's really cool, but I wish they actually just ran it on their YouTube channel and really yeah. made it a reality show. I think that would make it much more entertaining. But they've had some good success with this in the past. Like, there's a bunch of people that did these, not just the winners, but, like, runner-ups and other contestants that have got hired. Some of the mechanics, like, Evolve came out of it. The reverse looting for Red, the discard then draw, came out of the great design uh, designer search. So we definitely see good things happening from this contest. So even though I wish they would go more towards a real TV show on the YouTube channel, I think it's going to be a good thing overall. Me too. Um, I I always kind of like when they, you know, we've been part of community making, you know, the community makes the card in the past. I I, I think this is really good. This is overall um, a net positive that uh, we see some good things come from these. So I'll be tuning in, um, either, even though you don't really tune in. You kind of just read about it. <laughs> so it's a lot less exciting. Reading in. Uh, reading in, reading about it. <laughs> and, uh, um, hopefully, um, we get to see some, some cool stuff end up uh, on cards in the future. i got to ask you, are you guys going to compete let's, in the Great Design Let's do it. Research? We could go in as – there's three. They choose three, right? So it could legitimately be us three. Yeah, they okay. Could. But we get an internship. <laughs> And an intern. I'm not too thrilled. Cue the rollback of us evaluating cards from every spoiler season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we just had a montage of that, like, let's do it. And then, like, yeah, this card is awesome. And then never sees play. And this card is great. Then never sees play. And, oh. I, mean, I would just submit, like, a variant of Blood Moon for each challenge. <laughs> like, read over the rules and then make it as Blood Moon-like as possible. And be like, all right, there we go. <laughs> I would just I would just make a a derivative of every planeswalker I said was going to be awesome and <laughs> and just never saw the light of day. Oh yeah, how's Jace Cunning Castaway doing, Chaz? Uh, TBD. <laughs> TBD. There's just a you know I that card is five bucks. I can't I cannot believe that. I don't it makes know. Makes a phantasmal bear. I don't know phantasmal about that. Phantasmal bear. Hey. Speaking of unstuff, when you see those those abilities on the like gigantic Jace that they made, like that actually seems pretty ridiculous. <laughs> like you actually like when you look at those three abilities in general, especially the ultimate, you're like, wow, that's that was a Jace. And then you look, I think, at the three mana Jace, you're like, oh, 
So were you guys around for designer search too? Like as a player, is this relevant to me in any way whatsoever aside from getting a article each week about design? Like is this just not Yeah. Morrow's design article every week now? Like do um, I care about this in any way if I'm not a designer? I do think this is relevant to players because like Seth said, um you we have seen some of the at least some of the mechanics come from these types of, you know, from these articles. So I think it might not be relevant now, but it will be relevant later on in the future. Because I do I think, think they've stated that, like I said, said that, yeah, this directly came from this. I do remember the last Great Designer Search, and I thought it was fairly entertaining. I thought the articles were entertaining to see, like, not just the cards that people submitted and made, but also, like, the problems and kind of, like, criticism of some of the cards. So I think if you're interested in design and you like that stuff, it's a pretty entertaining article series. But other than some of the stuff that comes from the Great Designer Search eventually filtering into actual Magic cards, I think it's mostly just entertainment value if you're not competing or interested in it. All right, so that will be, uh, that will be interesting. Um, keep a thumbnail on that one. Uh, other than that, is there anything too crazy? Uh, I think those were our really two main topics because we have a pretty good amount of fish mail to address. Yeah, if we talk about standard, I'll just complain about energy for ten minutes. So yeah. we should probably avoid no, that. You know, I talk about fair, World fair. Magic Cup and SCG Invitational this weekend. Uh, it was like ninety percent energy. So unless we want to. <laughs> Rant. <laughs> so, all right, no, no rant, but question: uh, right, Is there going to be any changes before rivals? I like, doubt is it. seeing sixty-six no. percent no. of day two being energy? Like, what's what's the breaking point? Ninety, ninety-five? Like, literally <laughs> I don't every think, deck. <laughs> I think it could be that high of a breaking point because there's literally a set around the corner. I, I just don't think they do something right now. I mean, Christmas is around the corner. That's it. <laughs> like no one's gonna be in the office. No one's gonna care to yeah. make these big changes. Heck, no one's gonna be playing magic, right? Because everyone's doing their holiday stuff. Yeah. So and then New Year's rolls around, and then you got rivals. So I, I can't see them doing anything before yeah, I, before rivals. I'm with Richard on this one. So what about quick hook after rivals? Like, because I it seems like having another Ixalan in the sense that the set just doesn't see play in standard because energy's. <laughs> 60% of the format or whatever, <laughs> like, is probably not where they want to be because just for, like, finances and actually selling this at, what's the pur- uh, purpose to buy Rivals of Ixalan if you just keep playing your energy deck that you've had built for a year now? Um, like, will there be a quick hook post-Rivals and, like, the post-modern Pro Tour BNR? Like, are you, if it's the same as this, are you expecting a change? So it's Rivals, then the five weeks, and then it's Modern Pro Tour. Uh, modern, yeah. And there's, there's, is there a banning? I can't remember the schedule off my, the top of my head, so I apologize. There is but. a banning before, but they said that they wouldn't change modern during that ban list. But they were looking at changing modern post uh, right. pro tour. So there is a ban list before modern or standard. The modern pro tour. Uh, yes, there is one before and then one after. My guess is it would be after. After the modern Pro Tour, although since it's changing standard, they could do it pro, pro, uh, pre-modern Pro Tour too. So probably one of those. 
they have to do it before the release of Rivals, like as early as possible, so people actually buy the new cards. Yeah, I, I and can see that. So because before. the Pro Tour is modern, it doesn't matter what happens at the Pro Tour. Right. You're not gonna That's get any new data. So I would think if they are serious about banning energy, they would do it as soon as possible in their next regularly scheduled slot, which would be uh, right after Rivals. The, the release of Rivals, so that people right. actually buy the Rivals cards. All right, yeah, I can, I can buy that. I can see that. But do you think they're gonna do it? We we keep saying we keep seeing saying uh, we'll wait and see, and we waited quite a while, and we saw the same thing. The only thing is, is like that. That's a. That's the only reason I initially said after is because how do you go ahead and ban something when you don't even know if the this set will make a difference? I mean, are we just are we just saying that rivals is going to make no difference at all? Uh, that's what they did for what was the last thing they banned? The was it Marvel? No, Sahili Rai combo. Okay, it was like right at the release of a new set, right? True. Uh, in the set, which they printed a bunch of answers as well, and okay. they're just like, whatever, no risks, right? We're just gonna ban yeah, it. That's, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Then I guess if it's if it's they're going to do it, it should be then. I'm on the fence as to what they're gonna do. I don't really know. I haven't heard like as much of an outcry over energy as I remember from the past bannings with like Sahili Rai and. Uh, Felidair Guardian, and some of the broken decks we had in the past, so I'm actually not sure if they'll change anything or not. I I am right in the middle. Uh, Personally, I really dislike energy and think that it probably should be banned, but I can see Wizards' justification of, like, the community's not freaking out, it's not an inherently broken deck where you just lose on turn four, and we don't really have the numbers on F&Ms and stuff. Like, if attendance is dropping and whatnot, then maybe. But I, I just don't have enough information to know. And I think Wizards probably has more information than I do. So I think that would be what would make a change. Uh, but I don't... What is your perception? Have you... Has it felt like people are upset about energy to yeah, you? Because it hasn't really, like... I don't either. ...felt You're that right. way to me, really. You're definitely right. It's not nearly in a spot where it was with people talking about Marvel and Sahili and all that stuff. So unless, I mean, people are just kind of like over it and they don't, they don't care or they're just, they just kind of accepted that, you know, energy is a good deck and that's pretty much it. There are other decks to play. Uh, we have seen other decks, uh, you know, perform well enough, but maybe like energy with Pummeler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, I think people are just sick of it. I think after... Because we've gone through so much complaining about Mannings that people are just apathetic now. Yeah. So <laughs> because we went from Emrakul no, Ma- to Marvel to Sahili Rai. And then now we're just like, eh, eh, whatever. And let's go play Modern. So people are <laughs> like, that's what people are saying, right? They're just like, I'm not going to bother with Standard. Let's just talk about Modern and Commander. Like That's uh, kind of the conversation. play Unstable and... <laughs> so the, the real question is even though people are complaining a, are they still going to FNM that's the real question right and I suspect that they're not right that's just we'll that actually makes me laugh that, that's how bad it's gotten like it's let's go play silver bordered cards and commander over playing standard <laughs> like, I mean energy could have been a silver oh bordered mechanic <laughs> new resource Energy fuels contraptions. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Don't oh, go my there. Goodness. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. I guess that's probably why we haven't heard an outcry. Is that people are just kind of over it, and it is the holiday season. I, I don't think anything that is, you know, <laughs> everything that is really kind of going on right now um, is is pretty much just getting glossed over. That people don't really, you know, Magic players in general in this community, they they don't want to kind of deal with any of this stuff. <laughs> they just kind of want to enjoy themselves and spend time with, you know people they care about and so. i think we're like i think we're hitting the dead season we had the invitational they, yeah. we had world magic cup so i don't think much like national or worldwide level magic goes on until after the holidays now i think we've hit the the dead the dead point of the season so maybe that'll i don't know keep people's minds off of it i don't know yeah yeah we're going into like a two-month lull because unstable releases uh this friday, friday. which is yep. december 8th and then the next thing we have is January nineteenth with the Rivals of Ixalan. So, but I think spoilers will start like January first or as soon as Wizards comes back from holiday. Mm-hmm. So we get like a kind of this month off. I think for the next yeah. month it'll probably be pretty dead. And then we'll have spoiler season. <laughs> yeah, bre- month breather, a break. Um, all right, uh, let's let's answer some fish mail. All right, if you have questions, send them to the hashtag #MDGFishMail. And we'll get to your questions on air. So, first question from Mumu Marley. Uh, Iconic Masters foils of Thoughtseize are currently $100, plus or minus 10 on TCG Player. Do you see them dropping, or is that it? I don't think they'll drop too much. They might drop a little bit more, but that does kind of seem like a a stable spot for them. And I, I don't see them dipping too much more. I mean... The original Lorwyn are like 400, <laughs> and buy lists are like 50 for the Iconic Masters version, so if it does go down, maybe like to 80 or something, but I I don't even know if it'll go down that far, so I think that you're right. I think around $100 is probably pretty safe over the short term. All right, next question. R. Sassveld, I recently come back to Magic after five years or so. I was curious as to what happened to blackborder.com. I used to enjoy their articles. Anyone know what blackborder.com no no. is or was? Don't know. I apologize. It, I remember blackborder.com. Yeah. But I don't I don't know what happened to no blackborder.com. Oh, it was updated as of April this year, so it hasn't been gone too long, but I have no idea what blackborder.com yeah. actually is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure either. I still type brain burst when I want to go to TCG player though. <laughs> <laughs> Like, TCG player used to be uh, yes. Brain Burst? Yes. Yes, it Yeah. Did. Wow. And they actually used that. to, like, actually have an active forum and stuff. It was kind of... Before they became, like... They, they were, like, a content site, right? Yeah. And prices and stuff, but they didn't sell cards like they do nope. now, or not to the uh, same extent. Yeah, it was completely different back then. Huh. Does this still work if you go to BrainBurst.com? Yeah. Yes. It'll take you to the, you. the magic.tcg player, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, next question. Interplanar MTG. What's your favorite keyword mechanic in standard? Mine would be enraged because it creates some interesting design ideas. Enraged is a good one. Um, energy. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz. <laughs> Boo. No, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to say improvise. That I think improvise is. It's really cool because it has the broken aspect of like cheating on costs that we see with Delve, but Wizards actually 
managed to get it in a pretty fair and fun place, where if you really build around it, you can play Herald of Anguish for, like, two mana, but it's not broken like Delve is, where it's just like, oh my god, you're <laughs> you're casting a one mana whatever on turn two or turn three. I like Enrage, too. Um, Enrage is, is fun. I actually like energy. It's cool to have another resource to manage. Uh, it's not cool because it's too good, but... <laughs> Uh, from our Sassfeld as well, Hascon brought a ton of hype for Iconic Masters. Uh, I'm sure even more than Watsi imagined. Is it possible Watsi thought this would make LGS's raise pack costs like the original Modern Masters, and that's why they put them in big box stores to indirectly control the second market? So hmm. Watsi thought that they would or LGSs would sell packs at over MSRP, so to combat that, they put them in big box stores. Huh. Uh, I mean, I guess that's possible. It seems more likely to me that they just kind of threw together the set for Hascon and didn't think it through all the way and just kind of ended up flailing through the release of it, but I guess it's possible that it was intentional. Yeah. I, I really don't know. I I think they just want to try and sell as much as possible. Yeah. I did notice I had to stop in my Walmart yesterday and they were restocked. They were completely out of Iconic Masters like a week ago and it was completely restocked yesterday. So, All right. Next question. Interplanar MDG. How come series like Brew and Budget Magic get separate videos for deck tech in each match while Against the Odds gets a deck tech and all games in one video? Uh, the biggest reason is the editing's a lot faster on Against the Odds, and the decks are sometimes really bad, and, <laughs> and people don't want to <laughs> click through five separate videos of a really bad deck, so it works better to mash Against the Odds together and just edit it really quickly so we can get by the, the boring, lossing parts of it. Losing, I guess, is probably a, a more correct word than lossing. <laughs> uh, 69 Griggs, 420. If there was a complete cycle... Uh, of Orberg, Tomb of Yawgmoth, what dead characters would represent each other color? Oof. Oh. I don't even know the I dead don't. characters. <laughs> Who's dead right now? I'm going to go with Freilis for... Yo, Freilis is dead? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't she just a commander no, like two years but ago? They, they, like, they highlight characters that are now, no longer in the story, like Miri's dead. Uh, okay. Miri's wait, dead. Wait, like, um, are they all the old characters dead, according dead? to like the story, or are they just <laughs> yeah, not they, like? Then, they made like um, Ajani's brother. Like he's dead. Oh yeah, I know that one. Elspeth is dead, right? Yeah, Elspeth. Yeah, Elspeth could be I'm the one. I'm not convinced one. she's actually dead though. But yeah, she's dead. Uh, Venser is dead. Yeah, they made commander cards that of characters that like even Obnixilis. They made like the human version before it was a uh, demon. I don't think you'd necessarily have to have tombs, though, to make it a cycle. Like, I think you could have just, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like a I, I don't temple. think it would have to be a dead character to make a cycle. I mean, the tomb is a very black thing, right? Like, having a tomb generate white mana would be a little weird. Yeah. I believe Freilis is dead. Like, don't don't quote me on that. I'm not, like, <laughs> versed in the story as much as I used to be. All right. I'm going to oh, go don't with worry. Orborg, YouTube will let us know. Tomb yes, of Urza. It's a plains, island, mountain, forest, swamp. <laughs> Tap to add any <laughs> mana to your mana pool. It's Ooh. like a five-color land. Fetchable. That would be busted. Yes, it would. That's why it's Urza's. 
Urza needs a good land after getting such a horrible planeswalker that we still uh, don't, don't know. You don't what know if does. he's bad or not. You don't know his abilities <laughs> until Friday, Seth. You can't judge him. <laughs> Next question. PJ Toms9667. Have you seen how terribly YouTube closed captions MTG videos? Occasionally I watch with subtitles to placate my wife and it's hilariously close slash wrong. Yes, YouTube does not like magic words. <laughs> does it not like magic words or does it not like Seth's pronunciation of magic words? Ooh. I think <laughs> a little of both. I think it's a both too. But I think that's definitely outside of magic, just magic videos, too. I've, I've watched some videos where the captions are horrendously bad. I, I thought they're, like, so they can be auto-generated or you can just manually upload them, right? Yes. So sometimes the captions are actually really good because they were done manually, but sometimes they're just auto-generated and just totally random. <laughs> uh, next question. Matt's what variants mean sometimes you play games that you just that just don't go your way. But how do top pros seem to avoid this by putting up results in back-to-back-to-back tournaments? How does Paulo top eight like every single tournament? <laughs> I don't know. I think it just feels that way. Because yeah. if you look at like a pro tour or some events, there's always a group of platinum pros that just scrub out as well. So I also think that they're just really good at magic. Like Someone like Paulo wins a lot because he's probably better than the people he's playing against to help overcome the variance. Do you remember the Pro Tour where he mauled the five and still won? Like, sometimes you just get a little lucky and you're better than your opponent and you can still win through the variance. All right, next question. Control for days. I've been playing Ascanta Friends quite a bit. I dropped Watley and Dovin, went up to the blue-green Nissan and Johnny. Also have four Fatals and Sideboard. It runs really well but still has trouble with Remnap Red. Any advice? And what is the best way to get a deck on Fishbowl? Uh, so for Fishbowl, you can always just email me deck, saffronolive at mtgoldfish.com, or leave them in the YouTube comments. Either way, I will uh, I will see them. As far as the deck, that's a tough matchup. Fatal Push is a good idea. Maybe some some more life gain, some Sun Scorched Champions or something could maybe help shore it up. Uh, but that is, that is going to be a challenging matchup for a deck that's overloaded with Planeswalkers. Wish the other green Nissa was still legal. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Next question. Canadian Crawler, could a red, green, white Dino Tribal deck be competitive in Commander? Define competitive. I, I, I really don't know if there's enough dinosaurs yet. Like, I know they went back and errated a couple of the creatures from the past to turn them into dinosaurs, but I don't actually know if there's enough of them. There's technically enough, but you have to play some pretty underpowered. Yeah. I think someone on Commander Clash played it, and you <laughs> you kind of get down to like the draft common right. <laughs> dinosaurs, and you got to play them just to have enough dinosaurs. So oh, right. as far as competitive, I think it's your playgroup. I think if you're in a ra- uh, rather casual playgroup, like the Commander Clash playgroup, then yes, I think you can build a dinosaur deck that's competitive. But if people are playing spiky combo decks and stuff... I don't know if it's possible to build a competitive dinosaur now, deck. I don't know. Like, I'm sure you would have to lean on changelings a, a lot more. But if you if it was just like traditionally dinosaur, like not counting changelings, yeah, I think it would be pretty hard. But I mean, some of the changelings are, are good, definitely good enough. All right, Simon Sorestrand, hi Goldfish Crew. What price progression Hello. can I expect for Iconic Masters, Elish Norn, and Grove of the Burnwillows? 
Should I sell slash trade as soon as possible or wait it out? Elish Norn is a, is an interesting one, but w- when it comes to cards like Grove of the Burn Willows, um, you know, Horizon Canopy, stuff like that, um, I'd be more interested in holding those uh, more, m- basically because they're they're cheap enough. I mean, they've. I mean, you released an article I think was yesterday, Seth, or today. Uh, yeah, last about, night. Like, they're like fifty percent off, more than fifty percent off already. Um, so they've taken a considerable dive in terms of their price um at this point i'd rather just i I wouldn't trade them away elish norn's probably a little different i probably would trade elish norn away uh if you're not going to use uh that card because it's not like as much of a staple as like grove of the burn willows could be uh so i I would definitely hold on to a card like grove of the burn willows at this point i yeah i agree i think that the biggest reason to hold on to grove is that it doesn't really see play right now in modern, but there's always a chance. Like if they unban punishing fire, or right. even if just red green Tron becomes popular again over green black Tron or green white Tron, then it could suddenly be really in demand and go up in price. So I think it's worth holding Grove, Elish Norn, kind of meh. Do whatever you want. I don't think I don't think it's going to spike, but I don't think it's going to drop a ton from where it is. So yeah. I don't think it really matters. That's largely the thing. Like uh, the the thing from Iconic Masters, I guess overall, is that it did really. Uh, drastically reduce the prices of a lot of the cards. I mean, some of the cards you highlighted, Seth, I mean, over 50%. <laughs> like, reduction yeah. in price. I mean, it's kind of absurd. Uh, so, at this point, you really have nothing to lose from holding on to those kind of cards. Alright, next question. Salt Priest, how did the crew get together? Greetings from Germany. Greetings. Um, well, uh, <laughs> this was before, I mean, this was when uh, you know, this was before Goldfish was actually, uh, you know, moving into content, right, Richard? And uh, I remember you kind of um, throwing the feelers out there of trying to get some content on for the website, and that's kind of how you and Seth kind of hooked up. I, I believe we've gone into this in the past, and um, that's kind of. And then I made a suggestion of a podcast, and we normally just talk. I mean, back then it was more kind of just financial. Then it kind of grew into, well, through the fish mail, really, uh, th- you know, just kind of covering everything related to magic. And um, normally we just talk about magic, I mean, and, you know, financial stuff. And we don't normally talk about, um, you know, we just kind of keep it to the card, the card game itself. Yeah. Chaz was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, okay. And I was like, Seth, do you want to join us on the podcast? And he was like, okay. And then sure. here we are, 151 episodes later. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> there there wasn't was a, a real good version. story about it. No, <laughs> like, it that's really literally how it happened. Yeah. Uh, next question, Desi Nohei. What MTG art, if ever, would you consider getting a tattoo of? I don't think I'd do it. I couldn't. I couldn't. No. I, I wouldn't do it, but what would you get a tattoo of? <sighs> That is a tough one. Uh, I have no idea. Blood Moon. Blood Moon would actually be a <laughs> that decent would be tattoo. Pretty what would that even be? Just like a moon? The moon, yeah. Oh, that, that, that might be confused with the Death Star or something. I don't know. It's too, <laughs> it's too ambiguous. I'm going to go with Phyrexian Mana. That'd be pretty cool. It's like pretty subtle. Like If you don't know what it, magic is, you'd be like, oh yeah, cool design. But then if you knew, you'd be like, oh, I know this guy. He likes to get taxi probe. <laughs> get away from him. 
Uh, would you do a Black Lotus? Yeah, probably something like that. Would you do the the color the color pie like the five mana symbols? Uh, I'd rather get a card, I think, than the mana symbols. Orzov. If I was gonna do Orzov it. Guild, is it Guild? Any of the Ravnica guilds? Maybe Long Tusk Club, <laughs> just as a reminder how much I hate it. How about Evercoil? Just like Evercoil yeah. across your entire back, like full body. <laughs> just, yeah. put, just put Aetherworks Marvel on it. You on show up and you find out Evercoil's been banned. You're like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, well, uh, this is going to be awkward, but I need a back tattoo removed. <laughs> All right, next question. Random Dark Rider. So what do you guys think of Stigma Lasher's playability in Commander or Modern? She's a pretty unique effect since there's no way to remove it. What is Stigma yeah. Lasher? Uh, Stigma Lasher was from Eventide. It's two red. It's a 2-2. Two two. It has Wither, I believe. And when Stigma Lasher deals combat damage to a player, that player can't gain life for the rest of the game. Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, that is exactly what it is. Nice. Yeah, I got it. Oh, that was a long time ago, even Todd. Uh, I was think... it a myth? Wait, is that a mythic? It's a rare. Oh, no, it was a rare. There was no mythics back then, right? Yeah, that was before oh, mythics. Right, I right, think. right. Yeah, Alara was the block after that. Okay, got it. Um, I think the problem is there's just other options. Yeah. You have like Skullcrack. You have um, uh, Leyline of Punishment. So that if you're trying to keep your opponent from gaining life, there's other options that aren't as fragile as uh as a two two yeah. for two, I, so I don't know. Is it? I like stigma lasher is fine, and they don't have that type. You're you're right. I mean, the person asking the question, um, they don't have that kind of effect all too often. But I believe there is a enchantment in the same block, um, everlasting torment that I always kind of felt was pretty much does that job. And like Seth said, I mean, it's a little. It's not as fragile. I like it for Commander, though. Because you can hit Stigma someone with it and, like, yeah. that's it, right? They can't remove that effect. They just cannot gain life anymore. Whereas yep. with enchantments and stuff, they can eventually remove it and gain the life they need. So I think Modern yeah, is too weak, but I think Commander, it has some uses. Next question, MTG Today. Hey, guys, I've been hearing a lot about potential ban on the tune with Ether. What do you guys think about banning a card on a teamer that actually gives them... Absurd in-game flexibility and reach instead. Whirler Virtuoso. Uh, I don't know if Whirler Virtuoso would uh, would solve the problems uh, yeah. of energy. I think it has to be a tune with the Aether. I think that's really the card that makes energy tick. Yeah, I, I think I, that that would really be. knock it down a bit. But I mean, Whirler Virtuoso gives them like unlimited chump blocks. Gives them a way to defend in the air. I can see an argument for this as well. But I think Maybe a tune both. is safer because a tune hits every energy deck. Right. Whereas World of Virtuoso only hits the red just, decks. But then they just, I mean, they just in like replace World of Virtuoso with some other just decent card. Like, yeah, and plus, yeah, if it's you a ban World of Virtuoso, then how do I make infinite Thopters with Panharmonicon? You don't want to take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, okay. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, it has to be a tune, I think. All right, next question. Control for days. What makes Ixalan's Binding better than Gideon's Intervention, especially if you can play it and name Approach or anything else before it even hits the battlefield? That is a good question. I remember you talking about this, Seth. You had this question, I believe, on your Twitter um, about Binding of Ixalan and, and Gideon's Intervention. And I think we had this question before, but 
I think binding just overall it's maybe not by much but I feel like overall uh, it, it just has a bit more of applications than the intervention so I think the problem with Gideon's intervention it is better against spells like approach the problem is if your opponent resolves like a scarab god and you don't already have down a Gideon's intervention you still just lose to scarab god when if you have ixalan's binding you just binding scarab god problem solve forever so i feel like with scarab god and uh i guess it does stop hazaret but i feel like the biggest downside is it's not very good at stop uh stopping a scarab god if it's already on the battlefield and uh and otherwise i don't know if the format changed and approach was like the best deck and scarab god wasn't a concern then i definitely see an argument for gideon's intervention but as it is I feel like the Scarab God problem makes binding the better option. All right, next question from Kale Fax. What are your thoughts on Thalia, Guardian of Thraven being reprinted in the next core set? Spiked because of humans, sell now, or hold? I think it'll definitely be reprinted. I don't know if it'll be the core set or a Modern Master set or even a supplemental product, but it's pretty high, I think, on the list of cards to be reprinted in the next year or two. Side. So probably sell, I yeah, guess, sell if it's a financial sure. concern. Yeah. Wait, are, are core sets that they're bringing back going to be for beginners or no? Or are they going to be expert level? I remember we discussed I think they this. said they were towards beginners, yeah. but they would include stuff for everyone, but the main focus was yeah. beginners. Wait, there's but, a p- good percentage geared towards new players, but there's also a, a percentage that, you know, addresses, you know, kind of everyone. That okay. There's cards in there for everyone. All right, from Wolfgang Cloud, I went to my first Invitational after qualifying from a face-to-face open. It made me realize that if I want to play Magic competitively, I need to invest in Moto. Should I buy Modern Burn, which is my pet deck in paper, or get a different deck online? Uh, well, if you're going to play Burn in paper tournaments, I would probably buy Burn on Magic online and just get in as many reps as possible. And it's like a reasonable deck, and it's not even that expensive as far as decks go on Magic online, so seems like a good choice. Definitely. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. It makes no sense that you have an expensive paper deck and an expensive online deck that are exactly the same, but if you want to get good at your deck, like you need to practice it, so you need to have the same deck on Magic online. So I would just get the same deck on on both and just grind away uh next question mass forte scg currently is promoting a 50 percent trade-in bonus and i have a potential large sum as a result any good spec targets worth investing in or should i wait and bank store credit (sighs) hmm apart from random reserve list stuff i would probably wait until after we see what's in 25th masters before really doing much with standard like standard there's potential for bannings modern another master sets like two or three months away so unless you want to get into the reserve list uh market then i would say probably just wait yeah i i think uh banking store credit is probably the best thing to do right now all right mr of lover watsy has been pushing a lot of special basic lands lately standard showdown bolus unlands and none of them are really gaining the value expected probably due to saturation. Do you think older promo lands will soon lose value too? No, I don't. I think that might actually boost the older promo lands. Um, I know there's been an increase in um, the like black border, like the old like Arabian Nights uh, lands and, and Alpha and Beta, probably due to this. I mean, there's... 
back when they had these kind of lands and and the like the unglued and unhinged like full you know textless uh lands there weren't that many to contend with so um short of them being reprinted in some way i don't see how they would do that uh i do i do think it's actually better for the older promos and the older uh lands yeah i think the biggest reason the old ones are expensive is they're just super scarce there's not that many like guru lands around or euro lands or alpha beta lands so i don't think they can really decrease unless they randomly get reprinted i don't think it's likely but i also don't think it's impossible with like standard showdown boosters or something they could just be like hey we're gonna put guru lands in here like everyone have fun but that seems like a long shot i think some of them like how do you really reprint i mean you don't really reprint like a alpha beta land (laughs) you know and you don't really reprint like an unhinged i mean you could but i just don't see in obvious avenues for that it would probably have the new border as well, which would mean the originals would probably still... Even if they took the Guru Land art, I think the originals would still be worth a yeah. lot just because of the old border and whatnot. Right. We didn't talk about this, but what do you think about Watsi uh, giving all the players unstable lands for the World Magic Cup? We saw stacks and stacks of lands on Twitter of the new, of the new lands. What did you guys think about that, I guess, marketing yeah. stunt? Some marketing right there. Um... I think the players decided on that on their own, and Wizards had nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think there's just a lot of them out there. I, I just don't think, like, as as great as they look, I do personally like them. I don't know how that far they are uh, on anyone's kind of personal list of, you know, uh, lands that they want to use. Uh the foils will be probably retain some price, but there's just there's just a lot of them out there. Like even the unhinged land, to a large like varying degree, uh, didn't hold as much of a value as you know the predecessor from unglued and so on and so forth. So uh, I, I just don't know. I like the marketing though. I think it's a good move by Wizards to sure. show them off on camera. So are, I'm fine with that. Really, but I don't really think they're going to be worth much. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked I liked I like that. I think. Wizards should do more of that kind of stuff. Like, supply people with stuff to show off as promotional. Because this is the only time we're going to see Unstable on camera anyway, so might as well, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so that's all our fish meal for this week. Thank you, everyone, for sending them in. Uh, remember to send them to the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Awesome. Yep, thanks for the questions. Um, I believe that is uh, time for us. And, uh, yeah, thanks, everyone, for sending in the questions. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, And we will see you next time. This is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out.